0: Good morning. Woke up today and half the nation was rejoicing, and half the nation was mourning. And that was just after the football games yesterday. <laughs> when three of the top four all lose in the same Saturday, it makes for kind of a uh, exciting weekend. Um, sorry, I couldn't decide between a political joke and a football joke, so <laughs> that's what you got. Uh, This morning is going to be a little different. Um, If you were here last Sunday, we began uh, to talk about the Word of God in the Old Testament. And um, if you had a hard time following along, uh, here was your hint that Randy was basically reading Scripture the whole time. Um, And it was much of it from Psalms. Um, And to make it a little easier to follow along this morning, I do have an insert with Scripture references, with the Scripture printed in here. So if you're not usually a note-taker, uh, there's not even a space to take notes. Uh, you can still take notes if you'd like to, but we're going to start on the side that says uh, John 1.1. Um, and much of this morning, uh, just the nature of the way that we're presenting this, and uh, the, way the, the, the best way to interpret Scripture um, is with other Scripture. So as we talk about the Word of God in the New Testament, we're going to be going uh, through much of these passages, in fact, I think all of them, Um, so you can follow along. I'm not going to be giving the references as we go, Uh, so sometimes I I would just go into it and you can find it listed there um, in your notes or in your scripture references page. Um, You know, why are we reading the Bible to understand the Bible? Well, as we said, scripture Is the best commentary on Scripture. The New Testament, we find out, is actually hidden in the Old Testament. And the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament. So, to have a full understanding of the Word of God, we must know the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. See, in Genesis 1, Scripture tells us that God spoke, and by his word, the world was created. Here in John 1, we read that the word of God is, in fact, the Son, Jesus Christ. So from the foundation of the world before the beginning began, the Word was with the Father, and the Word was Christ from all of eternity past. Not only was Jesus with God from before all time, but he was actually the agent of creation. Colossians 1 tells us that he is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Jesus Christ, the word, is both the creator and the sustainer of creation. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son, from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now God did not leave us alone. The word did not speak and then depart. Rather, God intervened, and he intervenes in this world. The word, it says, put on skin and came to live with us. so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. The word is life, and the life was manifest. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Manifest means to make visible that which was invisible, or to make known that which was beforehand unknown. So the manifest word of God is something that must be made known by those who know it. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim. That is the command of God's word. That Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called is the word of God. The name of Jesus, the conquering high king of heaven, found here at the end of the story in the book of Revelation, is the word of God. Now, the word of God is not just the person of Christ, but we also we have this, the written word of God. The words of life, the words of God to man, is found here in this book. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. It's been said that that we don't actually read the Bible, but the Bible rather reads us. And that's what we find here. What other book can discern the thoughts and intentions of a man's heart? When we open this book and we allow the word to be the word... It hits us right in the heart. And why is that? It's because it is alive and powerful. The Greek root word for active is energy. The word of God contains an energetic power. It has the power to change lives. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. See, John Calvin wrote this about Scripture. He said, "You read Demosthenes or Cicero, Read Plato, Aristotle, and others of that tribe. They will, I admit, allure you, delight you, move you, and rapture you in wonderful measure. But betake yourself from them to this sacred reading. Then, in spite of yourself, so deeply will it affect you, so penetrate your heart, so fix itself in your very marrow, that compared with its deep impression, such vigor as the orators and philosophers have, will nearly vanish." Consequently, it is easy to see that the sacred scriptures which so far surpass all gifts and graces of human endeavor breathe something divine. Scripture is able to speak to our hearts. It's able to make us wise for salvation because it is breathed by God. See, in this book, we have 66 books. We have over 34 human authors that we know of. And yet it is one book, one word from God, inspired by the Holy Spirit, breathed out by God to man. Read and used properly, Scripture can teach, reprove, correct, correct, and train. And it is an imperative for a believer that to grow in our faith, we must know the word of God. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, Love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. The word is alive and it abides, it, it endures. The word is imperishable and eternal. See, according to some, the world has completely changed this week. It is a different world, according to many, last Sunday to this Sunday. Completely different. However, what we know from Scripture is that even though the world may have changed, the Word will never change. It is imperishable. It does not change. It is the Word of God to us. If we want to love one another earnestly from a pure heart, as it says here, we must be born of the Word of God. The word abides, the word endures. Nothing that happens in this world can change the eternal nature of the word of God. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. And encount the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our bro- beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. See, Understanding scripture is not always an easy task. At times it can be simple, but other times it takes diligence and actually hard work to understand some of these things. There are things that are difficult to understand in scripture. There are also people that twist scripture. Here Peter calls them ignorant and unstable. They don't know and they don't care, but regardless of the reasoning, it is to their own destruction, those who do not understand Scripture. The only way to know the Word of God is to spend time with the Word of God. And yet, so many of us are afraid to do that. We're afraid because we don't want to be confused, or oftentimes, I find myself, I don't want to be convicted. See, many of the words of Jesus are difficult, but just because they are difficult does not make them any less true. If your personal religion is simply being a nice person and practicing common sense, then we have to wonder whether or not we have spent any time with the Word of God ourselves. It calls us to a new life, a life that requires leaving behind the old and taking on the new. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The word is powerful, even in difficult times. The fruit of the word is action even amongst a people that are afflicted. Scripture calls us to be doers of the word and not just hearers only. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words, which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, in constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. You know, look to the lives of those who are preaching and teaching the word of God. Is there personal holiness? Is there any fruit? Are we practicing what we preach or are we like the Pharisees? For Christ did not send me to baptize but to preach the gospel and not with words of eloquent, eloquent wisdom lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved it is the power of God for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. As someone who teaches and sometimes preaches you know, I need a healthy reminder of this constantly. In my own humanness, I, I want to entertain. I want to have those eloquent words that when you hear them, when, when, when they are spoken, that is going to make someone come alive. Well, I want the words that I speak to be powerful, to change a person's life. But if you're hearing only me and not the word of God, then the word tells, tells us that I'm emptying it of its power. The cross of Christ is empty when we use the scripture to puff ourselves up. That's not what it's about. The word of the cross is actually foolishness to those who are perishing. Sometimes we feel like if we say the right words or if people hear just the right sermon, that at that moment they might believe, and yet what scripture tells us is without the Lord working in our heart, we would never turn to Christ. The Lord has to work, and he works through his words. But until we believe, this is all foolishness. If someone doesn't know Christ, then the message of Christ is not going to sound wise. It's going to sound crazy. But when you know Christ, then your eyes are opened, and it is the power of God in your life. Now, the parable is this The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root, for they believe for a while, and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and the fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, there are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. See, not everyone who hears the word of God is a part of the kingdom of God. The word must penetrate and it must have time to develop but it's worth something holding on to. It's worth some, it is something that is worth holding fast to. Christ says that in an, it must, we must hold fast with an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. And bearing fruit takes time. And we just moved about a month ago. And, uh, but in our old home this summer, we decided that we were going to try to grow some peppers. Has anyone ever grown peppers before? And we decided to grow some sweet bell peppers. Because we've grown tomatoes. They did awesome. You know, so we went and we got our seeds. We went and, uh, you know, we, we planted them and, and, we, and we watered them. And we waited all summer long. Our children love sweet peppers. And so we're, we're just so excited for these sweet bell peppers. And finally they grew and the peppers are turning red. And Megan goes out and she pulls one off the plant and she takes a bite. And it is the hottest thing she's ever put in her mouth. And... and and do you know why? It's because we planted the wrong seeds. See, we didn't plant sweet pepper seeds. We, we didn't plant bell pepper seeds. We actually planted hot pepper seeds. And, and amazingly, when you plant hot pepper seeds, you get hot peppers. Who knew? We, we found out when the fruit came. Here's the word of God. If you plant something imperishable, what does it produce? It produces something imperishable. If you plant something temporary, it produces something temporary. If you plant the wrong seeds, you get the wrong fruit. But if the imperishable seed of God is planted in us, we get imperishable life. And if we are patient and hold fast, then the word has the power to bring us to life. Jesus said, man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. See, Francis Chan is a pastor in San Francisco, and he talks about the state of the American church. And he's, he's very concerned that there are so many that would rather listen to a sermon or read a devotional book or share a Facebook post or read a blog than would actually sit down and read their Bible. There are so many people who would rather do those things than they would to get alone with themselves in the word of God. He says this, he says, I want to know the thoughts of God. I want to gather with people who have been reading God's words, people who have prayed and interacted with them. I want to fellowship with those who fellowship with God. I couldn't care less if you have a doctorate in theology or 60 years of life experience. I would rather talk with a 15-year-old who has been in the presence of God. I read this, it kind of hurt me a little. I don't have a doctorate. I don't have a master's. But it stings because it's, it's true. Are we afraid to spend time with this book, or would we rather read the words of someone else talking about this book? Do we want to get together and talk around things, or do we want to get together with people who spend time in the presence of God? As Jesus said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and at the breast at which you nursed. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So here's our question this morning. Are you willing to get alone with this book? Are you willing to allow the words of the God of creation, the words of power, the words of life, the words that, which can reprove and correct and enliven, will you allow the words of life to speak life to you? Hear it, read it, and keep it. This is God's inspired word for us today. Let's pray. Father God, it is you and only you who can awaken our hearts to the truth and power of your word. Lord, I pray this morning that that you have enlivened some of us, Lord, that you can encourage us to get alone with you, to get alone with your word, that we can know for ourselves the richness and fullness and deepness of the love that you have for us. Father, this is not something that we are to keep to ourselves. It's not something that we are to shy away from. But Lord, may you use your word to bring life to us, that the world may know that you are a God who saves. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.